Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of Strategic Slut Podcast. I have a very special guest today. I have Gabby in the studio today. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Um, so we are just like Instagram friends, and Gabby so graciously reached out and said that she listened to the first episode, and I was like, oh my god, you immediately have to come on to be a guest because she has a background in holistic nutrition, correct? Yep. And you went to school for that, correct? Mm-hmm. And what does that kind of like entail? Yeah, so it kind of covers a little bit of everything. It was a lot more science-based than I thought it would be. So we have like biology, some chemistry, and we learn a lot more about like mind-body connection. So we learn mm-hmm. about nutrition, but also about um, mind, emotional sort of aspect, which is really interesting because I like how that all kind of comes together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that is so important because like it's kind of taking what we like traditionally learn about food and medicine and like big pharma. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I blame is on big pharma. Um, and like, how did you get into that? What kind of prompted you to go into that field? Um, I always have been into like uh, fitness and nutrition. I took a like an online personal training course, but then I wanted like a next step. I'm like, I need some nutrition because I feel like that's so important. Mm-hmm. And then I was looking at like colleges and universities and there wasn't really any like program that was calling to me like I'm like this isn't what I want yeah and then I came across the Institute of Holistic Nutrition and that's when I was like this is everything that I want so yeah I went there and that like changed my life that knowledge I feel like you can't leave that kind of program without like (laughs) kind of everything almost being you know ruined (laughs) yeah it was was heavy at times I'm just like wow why is the world that's how I felt like women's studies (laughs) (laughs) you can't like escape it once you know you're like how the hell do I go about my life now like a lot of things are ruined for me (laughs) um so the kind of you've always kind of been interested in that type of thing yeah that's very Mm -hmm. cool and I know you talk a lot about like your mood and every your environment how much of is all of that like a factor in your health? I feel like it's a huge factor and I always look at like our health sort of like the pillars of health because I don't like to be like oh well this one thing is what's gonna like ruin your health because mm-hmm. it's like kind of like a little bit of everything and I always look at our health like a barrel and you're gonna be adding stuff to the barrel so if you're exposed to like toxic cleaners or chemicals or beauty products or stress or you know whatever mm-hmm. it is that's gonna add to your barrel and you want to keep the barrel kind of like low that's when you start to like overflow that you're gonna see all these symptoms and disease and things come out that's awesome that's mm-hmm. a really good way to look at it yeah. I love that mm-hmm. And so we were talking a little bit earlier off air, but to what degree do you see women experience gaslighting in the medical community? I see it all the time. Yeah. And it it breaks my heart because I get all these women that will message me after I share like my story with a pill and getting off of it. And they're like, I'm telling my doctor that I don't feel good and something's wrong. And they're just saying like, oh, your blood works fine or like nothing's wrong or the pill couldn't do that or like there's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like these women know their bodies like something is not right and it's like you can't tell them no like they need to get some help so it's just really heartbreaking that that goes on and it's amazing because so I guess for anyone who doesn't know what gaslighting is Mm -hmm. um it's a form of psychological manipulation in which a person questions their own memory perception and sanity so I mean in my own experience I fought with doctors for about four years to figure out that I have endometriosis and just different things that they they treated me terribly and made me feel like I was absolutely fucking crazy. Like, apparently you don't know your own body and we haven't ever really been set up to ever trust in our own body. Like, mm-hmm. I think we've always looked to doctors as being the end-all be-all mm-hmm. and not, um, I mean, if you're raised in, like, more of a holistic, I guess, family or something, but I found that, that that was a little bit rare for at least my own childhood. Me too, yeah. I, I and those people were considered hippies. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I remember I used to call like the fiddleheads of the world like granola crunchers, yeah. and I am totally now one. Yeah, that's me now. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know why. Like I used to always think like, ugh, granola crunchers, like the people mm-hmm. who eat gluten free and paleo and yeah, very organic, like California, yeah. LA type of like what yeah. I imagined, mm-hmm. and now through also having an interest in health and fitness Mm -hmm. that's totally where I've become too is like kind of finding what works for you and it it can be an overloading information world yeah where there's so much there's too much like you don't even know who to believe Mm -hmm. and you know you'll what's an expert anymore either 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's so many different opinions and like on the same thing. And even mm-hmm. in school, I would hear from different teachers, like different things. And I kind of just like take everything with a grain of salt and yeah. just pick out like what works for you. Try it out and listen to your body. That's ultimately what it is. Like I totally agree. I'm never like hardcore one diet because that's not going to work for anyone. And like, it's I don't, so I don't like the labels and everything, yeah. but some people are really good on keto and some people are good on paleo. Some people are just fine eating, like, whatever they want. Whatever they want. Yeah. It must be nice. <laughs> yeah, I remember, like, being from a young age, like, not understanding metabolism and, like, the fact that my genetics were just different than others. Yeah. And, like, it's finding work working within them. And mm. I think it's a really, like, it's a weird society we live in to not trust our own bodies. And mm. when you look at the rates of depression, suicide, ultimately, mm-hmm. um, weight, like, uh, obesity, especially mm-hmm. in North America, mm-hmm. people don't know their own bodies and know how to trust them and know how to listen to them. Yeah. And I think that's very scary. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, especially with the level of gaslighting in the medical community am- amongst women, it's even worse. <laughs> it just makes it worse because then you're like trying to listen to your body, but then you're basically being told you're wrong. What you're feeling is not right. Yeah. And then it makes you feel like you're crazy because you're like, is this what I'm feeling or is that, am I not feeling? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I guess for a little bit of backstory, friends, um, this is getting quite personal into my own body. I had very, suffered very painful periods from a very young age. I, I think I got my period at like 11 and I developed quicker than most girls in my grade. Um, I had double D boobs from the age, like, like the age of 14, like <laughs> didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> Um, I was severely, like, you know, bullied and stuff, very low confidence, and then also experiencing this whole period thing where there's so much period shame in our society and how girls feel the need to hide it, to do everything, you know, I remember the little makeup pouch I'd have with pads and this and that, and even, like, the stigmas around tampons, like, I was told that tampons, like, you couldn't start using them until you started having sex but then who makes this up (laughs) yeah and then like adults would also be like you can't have a boyfriend until you're like 25 like that whole thing and I just think it's weird because they just never said that to young guys like why are we treated it was a very gendered you know script that Mm -hmm. we would experience and I it's so fucked up and so then I started getting ovarian cysts kind of when I was like 17, 18, and I had no idea what was happening to me. I would just feel kind of almost a burst and so much pain, and I had no idea what was going on. I thought it was like maybe period-related things or digestion-related things, because around that time I also realized I couldn't eat dairy. Like, I never got a test to be lactose intolerant, but I cannot eat anything dairy. It's pretty clear, yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't need to take a test to know that. And it's also, like, I tried to talk to my doctor about it, and she was like, I mean, probably just stay away from it if it doesn't make you feel great. Like, she wouldn't really refer me to a specialist. And then once I started having other stuff happen, they finally referred me to an allergist, but I'm still waiting for a year and a half on that. So that's Canadian medical care. Like, yes, it's better than the States in some regards, but trying to find a specialist is a whole issue in itself. Um, And our stigmas around birth control. So Gabby actually has a seed cycling program on your website, correct? Mm -hmm. And I don't know much about it, so I would love for you to like kind of speak on that. Yeah, so I have like a course. It helps women that are coming off of the pill. So whether they want to get pregnant or they just want to come off and like give their bodies a break. Because some women have been on it for like 10 years or so. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you should give yourself a break. And why? Like if anyone out there doesn't know anything about birth control like yeah what would you start with like with the pill basically it's it's you're putting in synthetic hormones into your body so you're kind of shutting down your normal cycle okay and those hormones are beneficial we have a lot of benefits like progesterone for example is uh predominant in the second half of your cycle and that's like an Mm anti-anxiety anti-inflammatory anti-diuretic so it's super beneficial for the body and among other things as well um so it's important to be having regular cycles with those hormones so if you're you know suppressing that for like decades it's not good for the body yeah Mm -hmm. and I have heard like multitude of stories with women who have been on the 
pill for whatever 10 mm-hmm. 15 years and then they want to go get pregnant mm-hmm. and they can't yeah because your body doesn't know what to do it's like oh i yeah. haven't been producing hormones for years i don't know what's going on and it's crazy because i actually brought up that concern to my family doctor this family doctor i actually despise i'm trying to find a new doctor if anyone in cambridge ontario has to. a doctor <laughs> like please let me know who has <laughs> accepting patients but oh my god my family doctor is the worst human i've ever met but she basically told me no, no concern. I mean, I would give yourself, like, you know, six months to a year mm-hmm. off the pill before you ever get concerned. But, yeah, like, your body should regulate, like, pretty quickly right after getting off the pill without, like, considering any factors of, like, how long you've been on it, mm-hmm. what one have you been on, mm-hmm. you know, like, what, what has that experience too. been like for you, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Everyone's different. And I mean, some people can come off of it and get pregnant right away, but then other people struggle. So I think that just giving that warning to women to like mm-hmm. know that this is a possibility, that it may take some time, that's important. Because it's okay. fine if they want to be on it. but like, it's hard to know. get off, right? Kind of? Um, like it kind of tri- like... You can have a lot of like symptoms come up after, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like part of that course that I do and like just what I share on Instagram is how to support your body. So helping uh, boost those nutrients that are depleted by the pill mm. uh, and then seed cycling, which is really awesome. So uh, you have two phases of your cycle. You have the follic- follicular phase and then the luteal phase. So Those uh, are big words. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so the first half of the phase, like when you have your period and before ovulation, you're going to take a tablespoon of pumpkin and flax seeds. And so that will help promote... Um, good digestion as well as estrogen. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah, wow. so that's really important. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and then at ovulation, so the second half of your cycle, you're going to be taking a tablespoon of uh, sunflower and sesame seeds. Really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, and those will help with progesterone, and they all have wow. a lot of like nutrients and minerals that just will help. That's amazing cycles. that we're never really informed about our own bodies, especially with our cycles. Yeah, like we're taught to not get pregnant at a young age, and yeah. that is that. Yeah. But then we're also taught as women that our only role in life is to get pregnant. Yeah. So, so to avoid pregnancy and then get pregnant. And then yeah. Pregnant. yeah. And like. <laughs> it's all you're good for. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a messed up thing because, mm-hmm. you know, you're ashamed for sex. You're ashamed to, you know, about your body, about periods, this and that. You're literally mm-hmm. shamed for no being what. born a, yeah. a woman. Yeah. And. Um, I mean, for trans, it's even worse because they weren't born with a vagina. Mm-hmm. And that is a whole other complicated story. Mm-hmm. But for women who have been born with vaginas, like, mm-hmm. it is a thing where you don't even know your own body. You're never taught about it. And the resource, the lack of resources, we can't even, like, what do you even, <laughs> what do you go? Google? <laughs> like, <laughs> I When I Googled stuff with my, like, experience with endometriosis mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what was going on with me, like magazine like Cosmo or something. would come up yeah, yeah. yeah. and like <laughs> what <laughs> yeah like that should not be where we're getting our information from <laughs> like my like google searches convinced me that I had either AIDS cancer and I was dying or like all of the above like yeah. it was just not okay <laughs> and or I was completely fine like it was like either yeah, or. don't like, worry about you're it you're freaking out for no reason that's just normal women just are in pain all the time like yeah, it just sucks to be a woman, you yeah, know? Like, exactly. it's so sickening, and I honestly encourage anyone, if you experience severe periods um, that consist of, like, a lot of he- very heavy bleeding, um, painful sex is a huge one. So, like, for me, I was experiencing painful sex. Like, everything I did, no matter who I did it with, <laughs> what position, whatever... I did the most amount of Googling and Cosmo told me, you know, don't do these certain positions if you're like experiencing painful painful sex. But it was alluding to the fact that my partner apparently like would have a large like penis basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And just alluding to the fact that it was size, not the fact that I was experiencing something. Yeah. And that that is not normal. (laughs) Like they, I remember my doctor kind of told me like, are you having rough sex? And I didn't even know how to answer that because I was like, well, what counts as rough sex? What does that even mean? Like, we're just, we're, we didn't, like, not only do we not talk about society or talk about sex as a society, Mm -hmm. but then you're asked to define it to your doctor. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, okay, can we, like, talk about, like, what you mean by that? (laughs) Yeah. And, like, you know, being 18, 19 at this time, you're like, I don't even know how to, 
I, I'm already uncomfortable. Like, yeah, I don't want to be here. I'm not trying to tell you, like, what me and my partner do in the bedroom. Like, it's just kind of weird. But then it's also, like, I want this issue fixed. Yeah. And it's a very transactional experience a lot of the time with in the medical community. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd go to a doctor and they're like, what are you here for? This is what I'm experiencing. Okay, mm-hmm. here's a prescription. See ya. Yeah. And another issue is that they don't take the time with you like if you go see a naturopathic doctor or nutritionist or whatever like they're going to spend at least an hour in the intake with you to get like your whole oh, yeah. health history everything a nutri- like I saw a nut- uh, nutritionist and she kind of saved my life in like just amazing because I not only was experiencing like these endometriosis symptoms but then I also was going through a lot of food allergies so I already knew I was lactose but then I brought on a gluten allergy as well like mm-hmm. Suddenly, everything I anything that had gluten, I would be severely bloated. I would have I got this weird like, it wasn't even acne, but it was all these weird bumps on my face, all in the lower half of my face, and they would not go away. And I've never struggled with acne a day in my life, so it was very odd for me. Mm-hmm. I had remained on the same birth control for whatever seven years, so it wasn't even like I've changed a bunch of medications. Like there were all the factors that it could be with your skin. It was just like doesn't make sense um I thought maybe it was just my age I had turned 20 and everything went to shit I was like maybe my body's literally just changing but it just wasn't normal because the skin stuff wouldn't go away it wasn't like a really like you know adult acne kind of thing it was Mm -hmm. like no I'm having these weird ass bumps (laughs) and then it progressed to like my whole body would itch and it would feel like I would I would had hives but there was nothing visible so imagine like I was like someone needs to put me in asylum like I'm going actually (laughs) nuts and it was all tied to gluten and I had to figure that on my own because Mm -hmm. no one was helping like I was going to see four different doctors and everyone was just telling me you know don't have sex don't eat and uh get good sleep (laughs) remain calm (laughs) yeah and like that's kind of how I had to, like, implement a lot of different practices in my own life to feel like a human again because, and it was just also, like, reading all these articles and listening to podcasts, trying to figure out, like, also down to health, how to, you know, because not only was I, like, focused on how to feel better, but I'm also, like, trying to either lose weight or tone up and all these different things. So I'm also worried about my physical appearance. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, how can I do all of these things and trust some sort of resource like it's way too much and even talking about it I'm like oh my god that's so much and it's like yeah it was (laughs) so I saw a nutritionist um it basically came down to the doctor I was going to at my university like doctor's office Mm -hmm. I had decided to see her regularly because like they kept bouncing me around to different doctors and that was I didn't want to tell my life story every week like Mm -hmm. it was stupid So I finally, she was the only doctor that like would finally listen. So I was like, okay, I'm sticking to you. And I asked her about my skin stuff and she prescribed me a cream. And when I went to go get this cream from the pharmacy, they told me it was $150 because I was apparently didn't have coverage for it. And I laughed in their face because like, I'm willing to spend a lot of money on skincare, but it's not at Sephora where I can return it if it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I was not convinced that I like, that's what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I had this gut feeling that it was like, no, I don't think it's that. Like, I just, I don't agree. Mm-hmm. So I took matters into my own hands. Instead of spending $150 on this stupid cream, I spent $90 or a hundred bucks, whatever, on a nutritionist. I saw her one time and she changed everything. Wow, that's amazing. Like, she just gave me little tools of like what I was experiencing. She validated the endometriosis thing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously she couldn't know it like mm-hmm. herself but she's like yeah that sounds, sounds like it yeah. um she helps like just little supplements here and there and just different things that she kind of pointed to almost like a therapist in the sense that she almost made me figure it out on my own mm-hmm. um she gave really great tips and she just validated a lot of things that I was already trying and she's like yep that's great like whatever and it was great to just feel like oh I'm not a psychopath mm-hmm. and you know, I'm doing doing something the right, yeah, and going towards the right steps. And she was actually one of the first people that actually confirmed that coconut oil, using it as lube, is fine. Mm -hmm. Have you ever experienced this? Yeah. So any doctor I've told, they They literally say no. 
Well, you just can't use it with condoms. That's the only thing. Yeah, like yeah, oil, yeah. like yeah. any oil-based lube will destroy yeah. any condoms. Yeah. But like, it's they, probably the best thing to use because it's literally just coconut oil. Like, there's it's no the best thing you. I like would get chronic yeast infections, UTIs, mm-hmm. you name it. There was always something wrong with my vagina, and it was just the worst. <laughs> And yeah, like not only am I having painful sex now, I have endometriosis (laughs) and then I have a yeast infection or a UTI and it would be like, I would get a UTI because whatever sex just Mm -hmm. in general, or just like working out a lot, like remaining in sweaty clothes for slightly too long, tight clothes. Mm -hmm. I love jeans, all these things. Um, I would get a UTI, they would pr- prescribe the antibiotic, and then I'd end up with a yeast infection. And yeah, then... I that all the time. And then I'd end up with another UTI pretty much directly after, because yeah. the yeast stuff just... Oh my god, it was it's just... just making it worse. It's like a vicious cycle. Yeah, and no one explains, like, vaginal bacteria. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one... No one talks about, like, what's normal for your vagina, yeah. what, what's supposed to happen, and yeah. I think it's kind of crazy. Like, I didn't even know what kind of underwear you were supposed to wear until I was, like... Probably till I was like 17 or 18 when I started to become like sexually active and had just more uh, chances to get UTIs and stuff. I got them as a child and had no idea. Like, I don't even, I don't have any memory of it, but mm-hmm. it was like a weird thing. And they're just like, oh, drink cranberry juice. Yeah. Like, when they're chronic, what are you supposed to do with yeah, that? Yeah, there's something more going on. Yeah. yeah, or, like, take a probiotic. Do you know how much probiotics cost? <laughs> like, and try to find the right one. Like, I'm not knocking them in any way. No. It's just, like, yeah, it's it just be, not a quick fix. Be, yeah, you can't just say, like, take a probiotic. Yeah. Everyone's telling me to drink kombucha, and oh. kombucha actually was ruining me. Yeah, that has done so many bad things to me when I drink it. I'm like, no. <laughs> you too. Oh my yeah. God. Okay. I haven't talked to anyone who's like had the same experience, yeah. but kombucha literally was like providing too much like yeast and stuff in my it's body. sugary too. So. And ye- uh, sugar feeds yeast. Yeah. You're so it. no wonder I'm getting <laughs> yeast infections. Yeah. And like, I thought, I thought it was helping a lot with like my kind of digestive issues, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't. It was yeah. actually making me more bloated and like. Mm. It was just too much. I don't know. Yeah. I don't... I felt that too. And everyone raves about kombucha. And I'm like, I'm the nutritionist that does not like kombucha. Yeah. I never recommend it to Every people. time I see it, I feel slightly triggered because I drank <laughs> that bullshit for so long. Yeah. Spent so much money on it. I would, like, drive yeah. to Costco solely to buy it because it was cheaper the there. Case, yeah. 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 <laughs> and I would, like, honestly, it's just... It wasn't horribly tasting, but it's not the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And... To realize that it was actually doing me more harm than good was yeah. such a punch in the Why face. Was I drinking this? <laughs> yes. And um I I just think it's so funny that like you know, one health food or whatever will come out and that's that. Yeah. Like kombucha was the thing of like twenty eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's kombucha. Yeah. Even like I just saw that in skincare at, like, Sephora. There's a new kombucha Kombucha? tona. Toner. Tona. Oh, my God. (laughs) can't speak English. Toner. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know what that is. Like, is it just a trendy word? Or does it actually have skincare benefits? I have no idea. Apple cider vinegar is, like, the one that I'm like, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. And coconut oil, too. (laughs) But, like, it's amazing how the information gets so twisted so quickly. Yeah. I feel overwhelmed sometimes. I'm just like, I need to block out all of this because it's just too much. Yeah. And like, what is normal? Like, it's just, it's so weird. I'm still baffled by the idea. And I remember like my first experience learning about period shame was in a women's studies, um, like course and the actual week like that that week we were solely talking about period shame and it was a whole like breakdown in media and in like school and all these different things and I was so shook because it actually it answered a lot of the anxiety I had as a young teenager Mm -hmm. but I didn't even know I could like I wasn't a recognizable thing Mm -hmm. of what was causing me so much you know anxiety and stress when you're a younger girl yeah. who is trying to figure out her body yeah. your hormones are fucking raging too like you're yeah. already kind of in a you know vulnerable state yeah. <laughs> and then you have all this shame from society basically coming yeah. at you yeah um mm-hmm. yeah That's bad. i feel like there's so much we could talk about I know, oh my I god can rant about this forever. <laughs> um i guess so i want to talk about kind of my experience a little bit more with endometriosis because it kind of comes back to the birth control and um, gaslighting topic. So 
when I was experiencing these over ovarian cysts, all this like painful periods, painful sex, um, I was also experiencing these random spurts where I'd get so much pain, um, abdominal, like lower abdominal pain, and a ton of just weird shit was happening with my vagina. And I could not pinpoint it. And basically Google told me it was either like a UTI yeast infection or STD. Mm-hmm. Um, and being someone who hasn't had a serious like long-term relationship, it did definitely scare me because like you're also not, I really was not taught much about STDs. It was more like fear and shame based, just like kind of how not to get them. Mm-hmm. But I also um, am allergic to condoms. <laughs> so that was kind of scary because I was like, wait, like if I, you know, I would buy the ones that like didn't hurt me, but they were also like $30 for like a pack of 10. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of annoying for trying to be sexually active and being in university and trying to explore things that should be a fun and exciting time. Mm-hmm. Um, despite who you talk about or whatever. People can call it my hoe face, whatever. So I was going to see doctors and I'm explaining these symptoms and they're basically telling me like, oh, it sounds like chlamydia or gonorrhea or something like that. And it never was. It was always the thing that was happening to me. And I can totally understand why they had kind of alluded to that so quickly because of my age, because of my sexual activity and also because of, you know, my lack of like I hadn't written this stuff down Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like when I do this this happens it was just random Mm -hmm. so I'd come in they're like oh it sounds like this they do the test turns out to be negative so then they're just like you're good you don't have an STD I'm like okay but what the fuck's wrong with me (laughs) like it's not answering yeah and that's when it's like I don't know and you're like okay so who can I talk to to find out and they're like I don't know and it took me three years to get a gynecologist referral. Three years. Wow. Two trips to the ER by myself, where I waited wow. 12 hours, dying in lower abdominal pain, not knowing what's going on with me. And they would tell me that it sounds like a gynecology issue. And they basically wouldn't even let me see their emergency gynecology like gynecologist on site, which is stupid because, yeah, like... Why not? I literally could have been dying. <laughs> like, honestly, like, when I think of all the things that I hear about, like, endometriosis, like, they could have had to do, like, emergency surgery or something, and I would have never known because they would never let me see anyone. So, yeah, they basically told me, the last time I went to the ER, they told me that they would refer me to a gynecologist. I waited two months and never heard anything, like, not so much as a call, whatever. So I finally took things into my own hands, and this was basically September of 2018, so not too long ago. And I started writing down every experience with any medical facility. So if I phone called them, what they said, did they answer, did I leave a voicemail, um, every visit, they, what they told me, who I saw. Like I wow. became a psycho with this stuff because I had to be. Like mm-hmm. I literally had to fight for my own health. Mm-hmm. And especially with my family doctor, they would pull some bullshit where like I would call and try and get into an appointment. And they either say, like, they'd say it's a three-week holdup or something. And then if I went to a walk-in clinic, they would try to, like, send us a letter and say that they are going to, like, drop us as a client, basically, or a patient. Because it's costing them money. So then I had to start threatening, like, okay, I'll just go into a walk-in clinic if you can't get me into the next, for the next month. Like, what? And then they would, oh, can you come here at 2 o'clock tomorrow? Oh, now you have an opening? Like, so it was just a very messed up system. So I started tracking this stuff down and um, I, you know, started recording kind of the things like when these things would happen to me, these random spurts of pain. And it came, it turned out to be um, my ovulation and the doctors that I saw for like whatever, two years now in this like process never realized that I was ovulating on birth control. Even though I I remember saying, I think it's lining up with my ovulation time because I had this period app and that's when it, and it just made sense. Mm -hmm. But they never thought that, you know, the fact that I'm on birth control, I shouldn't be ovulating. Mm, That's the whole point of birth control. (laughs) But then here here we are. I don't understand how birth control works. Yet I've been on it for seven years. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, we're on these- No one took the time to like tell you this is how it works. Yeah. We're on these synthetic, you know, hormones and not even know how, how the hell they work. Yeah. Like, like, what are they actually doing to, like, 
prevent pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. I just knew I wasn't getting knocked up. But it scares me because I'm like, oh, my God, if my birth control wasn't working for that long, how did I not get pregnant? (laughs) Like, I still kind of genuinely question, like, things. Yeah, Yeah, like, it kind of freaks me out. Um, Luckily, I took, like, extra precautions in sexual activity and stuff because I could have a little baby right now. Um, Yeah, it's weird. So, I... Yeah, so that was that. They also, yeah, with the STD thing, like, they would basically convince me. And that destroyed a lot of, like, my relationship just with, like, sex. Like, Mm -hmm. not only could I not have sex that felt good, but then also, like, exploring sex with different partners, I was terrified that, like, I I almost felt like the world was out to get me and that I'm, like, gonna get something. It was that kind of fear of, like, I'm gonna get a disease type of thing. Yeah. Kind of the same way, like, in the kind of 70s and 80s with, like, the HIV and AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I felt, that anxiety, because Mm -hmm. doctors treated me like I had something. Yeah, every time you go. Every time. And they treated me like a slut. They treated me so shameful, so... I, I had to start lying and saying that I wasn't having sex, for them to treat me like human, a human being. Wow. And once I did, I would act, that's when I, I started to get further in that's my, right. like, I, yeah, in my help kind wow. of seeking. Oh my God. I had to just start lying and saying, I'm either not having sex at all, or I'm, I've the been having person. the same sex for whatever, with the same person for six months kind of thing. Yeah. And they would stop asking bullshit ridiculous. questions. Yeah. Like, why should that change things? Why should that change the level of care that you're getting? And then, like, my emotions would take over where I'd get so pissed off that then I mm. can't even like be a good advocate for my own health because now I'm just pissed off and want to get the fuck out of there like I just want to punch this doctor in the face (laughs) like (laughs) I'm gonna end up with a lawsuit out here like (laughs) that's how angry it made me yeah and obviously struggling with then anxiety because of it like I stopped sleeping I I'm now in pain like there's all these things and it honestly led me to becoming a cannabis smoker because I couldn't sleep Mm -hmm. I was in so much pain Mm -hmm. and finally my friend was like why don't you try weed (laughs) I was like it's legal like why not Mm -hmm. so I tried starting smoking weed and it literally saved a lot of my life because when I don't sleep too I become a psycho human being like oh my god at least seven hours like I don't need a ton of sleep but I had basically like what do you call it where you don't sleep for days insomnia insomnia yeah. yeah all high school and like first two years of university oh I didn't sleep and that's not helping your health either like you're not getting god sleep. no <laughs> people wonder like I had pure anxiety like I would oh, experience serious god. panic attacks in um, high school and I didn't know why and it was yeah. because I was not sleeping and then I would sleep in late like I would finally get into a deep sleep for like two hours and then it would make me miss my first whatever few classes then I would be chugging coffee throughout the day mm. then I would go from school and work three to ten at my job And then throughout this whole time, I'm chugging coffee. I'm taking a pre-workout at night at whatever, 9, 10 10 p.m., taking a pre-workout, maybe two scoops because I'm so tired, to work out because I I was so, you know, focused on my physical appearance and, like, my how I felt about my body that I am now putting myself in whatever, 1,000 milligrams of caffeine a day and then wondering why I'm not sleeping. But then it was this vicious cycle where, like, when I did, you know, finally wake up, I couldn't, I was not awake. Like, I felt mm-hmm. so tired yeah. not knowing. And I don't even, it wasn't even nu- nutrition, like, totally. Like, I had a pretty healthy diet, so I don't think it was lack of nutrients and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it was literally just, like, I need to sleep and I didn't know how. Yeah. So weed, like, put me out and it was amazing because I would wake up feeling clear-minded. Wow. Which, like, That's I had amazing. a foggy mind for pretty much four years. Which I guess is also a symptom of endo, too. So, like, you don't even know what is that exactly correlated to. Yeah. But, and also becoming a weed smoker, that is one of the most taboo things you can do. Especially, even in Canada, where it's legal, yeah. like, it's still very taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, I'm not a stoner. I'm not, like, don't wake and bake. Like, it's not that, it's not an issue. It's something that actually genuinely saved my sanity. Yeah. Like, it is what got me through my third year of university. Because if I hadn't, I think I would have had to drop out. Because I was spending days not only in bed crying because I'm in pain, Mm -hmm. but then also just so anxious and, like... You can't function. Yeah, like, what's happening to me? Like, you feel like you're now not even in control of your own body, and that's literally the worst feeling. So, I... Obviously, you can understand that all of these things are related. If anyone's experiencing kind of 
anything remotely close to what I was experiencing, do you have any suggestions on what they can do? Um, I mean, it's hard, too, because everyone's so different. Mm -hmm. That's why, like, seeing, like, a nutritionist or someone like you saw, they can kind of look at your picture and be like, okay, I think, like, in this area of your of your life needs some improvement or, like, maybe you should make some changes here. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, like, anti-inflammatory. So, like, gl- going gluten-free is, like, a huge one. A lot of yeah. people notice, like, reduced inflammation with that. Um, dairy or any, like, foods that you notice you eat and then they, I like, I genuinely think you. dairy's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Canada, dairy is horrible. Like, I was in Europe and... You're fine. I could eat yogurt every morning. It was great. Knowing that, too, I have <laughs> such a travel bug right now yeah. because I know that most people with, like, dairy and gluten intolerances yeah. can go to Europe and eat everything and yeah, be fine. Everything. It was great. Oh, my God. <laughs> just come uh, back here and you're like, I can't eat anything. <laughs> just thinking about pizza and pasta makes me, like, yeah. die a little. Yes, there's, like, alternatives, but they're not the friggin' same. No, they're they're the disgusting. Same. Yeah. Like, don't even try. <laughs> like, there are some alternatives, but yeah. no. It's never the same as the real thing. No, like, having to, when I, before I thought I was gluten intolerant, I was just um, non-dairy, I would order pizza with no cheese. So mm-hmm. it would just be literally bread, sauce, and yeah. some veggies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd get pepperoni, sometimes I'd just go veggie, because mm-hmm. at this point I was just like, I would just kind of like, kind of loosely say vegan because if it said vegan I knew that I could eat it it was kind of like that um even though I still had some meat and my parent like my friends we would be all drunk after the bar at like whatever 2 a.m on a Thursday night Friday night whatever and I'm getting pizza with no cheese had to get my own separate pizza because no one wanted that shit (laughs) like it was like the saddest thing and it's just like I want to go to Europe so much just to try the food yeah (laughs) um so anti-inflammatory yeah like things like turmeric adding that to Mm, like your food turmeric cauliflower so good yeah yeah so really focusing on that and like reducing stress because that's like gonna make you more inflamed like self-help like self like yeah. really focus on you yeah and changing your, your mindset and yeah just so that you can deal with things better and um yeah those are like the biggest things i would yeah. say like i would say stress like is like the biggest thing for yeah. endometriosis and like i always say stress is like it's like a huge umbrella like there's so many things there could be like a gut oh, yeah. imbalance there could be like a low-grade infection in your body somewhere um it could be like toxic products you're getting exposed mm-hmm. to like fragrance like it could be so many things that is stress for your body. You also talk a lot about that for periods. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of the Diva Cup? Yeah. I Are love you? The Diva Cup. Yeah. 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 I, it terrifies me. Yeah, it was like hard to get the hang of it at first, but like it's life changing. Uh, like, do I, you boil yours? Yeah. You have your own separate bo- like thing, don't you? I, like, you like bought your own pot for your diva cup? No, to I didn't. Boil? No, that um, might have been somebody else. Okay, I remember <laughs> someone on Instagram said that, and I yeah. thought it was the funniest thing. It stuck. It's clearly stuck. Like stuck in my mind. I saw somebody boiling something else with the diva cup. Like it was just like not food. Like but boiling it was, like, your fucking pasta. Like, as you're like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they were like cleaning something else. I'm like, this oh, is okay. hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, but yeah, the idea of it really freaks me out. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Like it's, I think it's really important to go like organic with tampons and pads because okay. like there's a lot of. Um, is it worth toxins. it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I buy organic uh, liners. They're not that expensive. It's like three or four dollars for. A oh, box. okay. Yeah, it's not okay. Bad. Um, and like the Diva Cup saves you so much money. I've bought the one. It was forty bucks, which is like a bit of an investment up front. But um, but then you're not buying ten dollar packs of tampons every month. Yeah, right? yeah. Like I've had it for three years now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So like I've saved hundreds of dollars. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's good for traveling too. Like in Europe, I had it. That's so was, true. Yeah, it's great. That's crazy. Yeah. Can you have sex on your period with that? Um, I don't know. I've heard some people say you can, but I... I, I feel like that's that. something I yeah. would avoid. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if anyone's listening, period sex is whatever. Mm-hmm. It's up to you. It's not yeah. weird, but it's also not... It's whatever. Yeah, like, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs> I remember, like, I was, I'm in this Facebook group with all these women, and... They're always asking about it, and, like, some women are so, like, that's fucking disgusting, da 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 and I'm just like, oh, my God, they are all, they are shamed by their own blood. This is like, the problem with society, yeah. too, is that women are even, like, judging other women yeah. or judging themselves and putting that on to mm-hmm. other people. I think people just need to do what makes them feel good. If yeah, you're, like, cares? if you're, you know, man doesn't care, which he should not, yeah, um, yeah I just think that that's ridiculous yeah. and uh you should do what makes you feel good yeah and like it's just a bodily fluid I don't yeah know why for me it's not even the blood it's the fact that like i usually feel absolutely You're disgusting yeah, yeah. like <laughs> i'm bloated i'm cranky yeah, like, like don't even don't fucking go near me <laughs> yeah. 
I don't even want you tickling my back, let alone like inside me. Yeah, no. Don't, touch me. don't look at me. Yeah, no, I can't. Um I think it's so funny that these like and these are such one off topics that we're getting into that I'm sure a lot of women will be able to relate to. Yeah. Which is so weird because like we've both done a lot of like kind of research on the well you're in school for it i've done a lot of research through my own experience but then also in my women's studies program Mm -hmm. as well as being highly educated in fitness and health so um Mm -hmm. i think these things i was exposed to through women's studies not realizing how much of a larger issue they are Mm -hmm. and obviously they don't it doesn't all come down to products it comes down to more stigma and culture and society type things but it's kind of how to fix like we can't control society and what the stigma is like that's always going to be a there's always something that's kind of beneath the surface that's Mm -hmm. everyone's grown up upon or whatever but i think it's talking about it creating the conversation and um kind of just making people aware so that they can think about it whether you agree with us or whoever Mm -hmm. you don't have to it's more of just like getting someone to take a step and like wait, what do I think about that? What do yeah. I know about that? How have I been raised to think about that? Like, yeah. just kind of being not acknowledging your own kind of biases towards yeah. these things, I feel like is so important. Yeah. And I think therapy is the most amazing thing. Like, if you mm-hmm. can have any kind of resource to some sort of therapist or counseling, um, if you're experiencing any kind of anxiety around your own health, mm-hmm. um, body, sex whatever um i think it's such an important thing because i think it totally comes down to mental health which is actually kind of what you said was stress yeah and Mm -hmm. if you don't even know the thing is too if you don't know why you're stressed Mm -hmm. that creates a thousand other issues yeah that's Mm -hmm. it's it's insane um i'm trying to think of if there's anything else I feel like we could go on for eight years (laughs) oh my goodness okay well let's talk about you for a second okay you're in a relationship Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, how do you guys stay like healthy <laughs> when you're dating? Like because together? yes, yeah. because I find every time like it's just so much easier when you're especially if you're starting to date someone new. Mm-hmm. Like let's go for drinks, let's go get food. Yeah. Yes, it's easier to like cook at home if you're like I guess like living with them, but I think it's like the the dating stage is hard because yeah. you're like it's, it's so much easier out. to go out and it, especially like we're all young mm-hmm. if we're like all having roommates and stuff sometimes it's nice to get out yeah. than like sitting in and cooking and yeah. stuff obviously that's the easy answer because yeah. it's cheaper it's healthier but like what do you do um like we don't go out too much like okay. i do go out and i i always say like go out and like enjoy what you're doing like okay i i hate when people are like obsessing over like oh i shouldn't like have this one meal out but it's like yeah. if that one meal out and that one glass of wine is gonna like relax you and you're gonna have a good time like that's mm-hmm. way better for your health than like not avoiding it and like stressing out about it yeah so i like we go out a little bit not too much like i don't drink a lot yeah like wine occasionally yeah um we've just started packing our own lunches at home for works for like we that's save amazing money. Yeah. and like it's also just better for do you us. live together i live with my parents we're okay. just like saving money right gotcha, now yeah so. you have to in this fucking economy yeah <laughs> so, like, we need to like pack our own lunches live with my parents <laughs> yeah yeah that's amazing yeah. you're adulting so hard <laughs> oh yeah like i find it so hard because like for me, I've I'm I've struggled with the balance of it. Yeah. To me, it's like I either am going out all the time, mm-hmm. whether that's like going out to bars and drinking, which mm-hmm. I am not a drinker. Mm-hmm. I do drink actually more often than I like would like in my own head. But mm-hmm. to me, it's kind of like this thing where I, I get sucked into the social thing aspect of it. Like yeah. if my friends want to go out and that's like the thing that they want to do and I want to see them, then yeah. yeah, let's go drink. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that. But alcohol does not affect me well. I get severely depressed it's feel disgusting after like i get a hangover just looking at a glass of wine um i think two is like my max after two i'm hungover Mm -hmm. like it's just that that's good that you know that too you're like okay i can enjoy these after years of (laughs) (laughs) ruining my body um yeah i also like thought i was allergic to vodka for years not realizing that i was just taking so many shots in between sipping on a fucking drink like (laughs) yeah no wonder you throw up every time you have vodka court like (laughs) oh my god it's crazy that like when you're especially like 18 19 you're just like yeah you think you're invincible (laughs) and i'm like only 21 but i still like I think I've come into you a grandma a stance. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, oh yeah. I'm out. The nights that I'm like in bed by 9 30, yeah. I genuinely 
love those nights. Me like too. I will take those over a club any day. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I love drinking night. and having fun, but mm-hmm. I'm a day drinker. I love like, if, can we go go to brunch and get day drunk, and then yeah. I can still be in bed early. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And mimosas, hello, yes. Yeah, so, and I think too, like, um, I guess like doing things that are more active, like hopefully your partner enjoys going yeah. for walks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. do you guys puppy. do that kind of stuff? Oh yes, yeah. your puppy's so cute. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I take her on walks, but it's been so hot. I haven't been taking her out because I'm like, you're going to die. It's literally too hot yeah, for a dog. Yeah, it's like 40 yeah. degrees. You're going to die. But um, yeah, we like going on hikes too. We haven't gone in a while just because our schedules like don't match up. That's hard. But like, mm-hmm. we like going to the gym together too. My okay. whole family kind of will go together sometimes, which is That's fun. awesome so, that you have that kind of support. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I don't, I wouldn't go half the time if I didn't have like somebody to go with. So, like, Ooh, my sister. keeps you accountable. Or, yeah. Mm, totally. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that, you know... You guys, like, are you guys, like, more, uh, what do you call it? Like, you keep each other accountable then? I would say so, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I know a lot of girls, like, especially field girls, like, I know, like, some of their boyfriends are just, like, they can eat anything and never gain a pound. Yeah. Where I'm, like, someone, if I look at, like, pizza, I gain weight. Like, it's just <laughs> that. So, having, like, I used to have a boyfriend that could eat everything. He was 6'5", like, mm-hmm. you know fastest metabolism ever could yeah. eat anything in the world uh-huh. and i was gaining weight as i'm dating him because like i was like trying to keep up yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like he would just you know let's go for food and i'm like uh, like i'm not gonna just sit there and not eat like it was yeah. always such a weird di- dynamic and yeah. it is kind of hard to find that but i guess with your relationship you guys are just kind of it just has worked it's well. worked yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like really once lucky. you find that person that you kind of have similar interests you'll i don't know it works it'll work yeah yeah, yeah. and like i don't know i feel like i feel like that could actually be a dating red flag because can you see a future with that like yeah, i like don't know lifestyles don't match up like, yeah, yeah i mean it, i guess it depends on the woman too like if you're able to kind of like keep that you know in check like just don't do mm-hmm. the bullshit don't you know don't yeah. fall into it yeah. and make sure you make like whatever your health and fitness of high high priority yeah, and higher your own thing. higher priority than them yeah then i feel like that's yeah 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 definitely but breakup bodies are the worst are the, literally the best <laughs> 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 i swear to god every like relationship i got into i'd like would gain probably like five pounds which is never a lot but like i'm five two so five pounds on me is ten and i always would drop that the minute we broke up because oh. it's like let's get it <laughs> No more, like, eating and drinking. Like, yeah. I'm hitting the gym every day. <laughs> Back to routine. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. my God, that's so funny. Well, I need to, like, I think that's a really good message. Find someone who eats the yeah. same way you do. And and also, like, just prioritizing yourself. Because I feel like I've seen mm-hmm. so many times with friends and just, like, people I see. Dating like, chameleons. That you just, yeah, you just, like, become one person. And yeah. you're not your own people. So, like, yeah. I've always, this is, like, probably, like, a really morbid way to, like, say this. But I'm always, like, if your partner was to be gone tomorrow, like, do you have a life? Oh, my God, I love that. Yeah, like, I hate saying that, like, oh, if Arthur is gone tomorrow. But it's, like, you have to have your own life. Because I know so many people that are so codependent. And, like, it's fine fine if you're, like, a little codependent. Like, that's normal. It's a relationship. But, like, if you, your whole life revolves around them, like, you need to have. That's so good. I love that. Yeah. No, I agree. Because even the girl that I was when I was in those relationships Mm -hmm. was a dating chameleon. Like, Mm -hmm. what they were doing, what they were invested in, I would do the same. I didn't yeah. know, even though I was such a confident and strong human on my own, yeah. the minute I entered into this relationship, it was this fear of, like, getting, that they would no longer want me or something, mm-hmm. that I would just totally gravitate into what they wanted to do, what they mm-hmm. wanted, and then after we broke up, I almost had to go back to finding myself, mm-hmm. and that's, for, like, the short relationship, like, I really didn't have that long relationship, so it really, does, no long, even if you have, like, a five to six, whatever, seven-year relationship, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you shouldn't lose yourself either way. But the fact that I was losing myself in short-term relationships, yeah. like, luckily I was able to recognize that pattern and break mm-hmm. it. And I'm still working on to breaking it. But it's a weird thing that mm-hmm. you can just, like, give up your entire life for You don't even realize it's happening. No. Yeah. And then finally it hit me and I'm like, I need to, like, like, I'm so much better on my own. Why is that? Yeah. And I finally figured it out, luckily. But yeah, that's good. it's definitely a trial and error situation. Yeah. And self-awareness is everything. Yeah. I feel like acknowledging that that happens is, like, the biggest thing, too. Because most people, it takes them years to, like, realize, like, wow, my whole life is revolved around this person. And, and then you break <laughs> up, he cheats on you or whatever. And it's like, what the hell now? Yeah, what do I have? Like The worst <laughs> breakup stories I feel like I hear are actually... 
because you like the person thought that they had this whole life figured out and it was all consumed by someone else like it was mm-hmm. never you know their own life yeah, yeah. and like i think I th- you follow the skinny confidential right oh, yeah. michael that. and lauren have the oh. best friggin' relationship yeah, and like do. dynamic and everything and lauren has always preached for a year i've been following her from mm-hmm. for a very long time mm-hmm. um she always preaches that you like should wait as long as possible to move in with them and, like, if you're going to move in with your partner, do not move into their place. Move into a place together. Mm-hmm. Obviously, circumstances are weird, too, because, yeah. like, if you're trying... But you're, like, saving money to get your own place. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you're, like, moving into his, like, whatever, bachelor suite at, like, 23, whatever, yeah. like, that is now his apartment, and then yeah. you don't have, like, your own. Like, it's you're never going to feel like it's your space. Yeah. If you get a place together, then it feels like half and half like, yeah you have your own space yeah and, and i together. loved that kind of thing because now mm. we're kind of getting into those ages where like more of my friends are considering those things and mm-hmm. like i'm seeing it more and more where people are actually building lives together yeah and i think that's a huge like kind of relationship issue is when they move in together and then suddenly it's like mm-hmm. their whole life becomes consumed with them but then they also yeah. like have nothing for their themselves yeah 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 it's a huge issue i like that lauren talks about that though because i'm like that's a huge problem she's such a boss i love (laughs) her so much i I love their relationship and i love like the advice they give too oh they're killer yeah absolutely killer because they're always like about doing their own thing like self-development yeah like you you know they're complete opposites for a lot of things too and Mm -hmm. they make it work they work together like yeah i yeah i think they're amazing (laughs) that's kind of the podcast that (laughs) That, that actually got me into podcasts was when they launched one. Mm-hmm. That's what got me into listening to podcasts. And then yeah. it spiraled from there. And I listened to a bunch of them, like, religiously. Yeah. But they were kind of a Bible for me. I think me too. I'm trying to think of the first podcast. I think it was them, probably. Me for sure. Yeah. I know. I've listened to literally every episode they've ever posted. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, even man. if I didn't, like, really care about the topic or the guest or whatever, they always make it so interesting, just their dynamic Yeah, you always whatever. get something from it. 100%. Mm-hmm. They have amazing takeaways. If you guys are ever looking for, like, relationship advice, honestly, their podcast is quite amazing. Mm-hmm. As well as Girls Gotta Eat, they're the best. Have you listened to Girls Gotta Eat? No, I haven't. Oh, have they're to. so funny. They're, like, very blunt and comedic. Like, yeah. They like some they bridge sometimes like have a line of slightly offensive sometimes just because they are comedians um which that's a whole other topic of like how comedians can be kind of mean <laughs> and kind of crosses a certain line but I support them a hundred percent I I think they're fucking hilarious um and like they talk about a lot of these things and mm-hmm. they do it in such Stuff funny that ways don't want to talk they're about. so vulgar though like i would listen to it with airpods on and not have like your grandma in the background yeah, or anything you <laughs> <laughs> know you're close with your grandma <laughs> so yeah i would definitely listen to the airpods in the car because it's yeah. it's pretty vulgar but okay. they're pretty great yeah okay. I'll check them out. all right well can you please pimp yourself out so we can come find you and stalk you on instagram yeah so my instagram is gb health underscore wellness um, I'm mostly on Instagram. That's basically where I am. And then I have a website. You can go through there. It's my full name. It's GabbyBorsRink.com. But it's linked in your bio, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's complicated to spell that. So you yeah. can go find it through there. Amazing. Yeah. And guys, she posts like such amazing tips. And you share a lot about your personal experience as well, which I think is yeah. so authentic and real. And I've been kind of, you know, Instagram creeping her for a very long time. So it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Guys, I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If I can pause.